Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's October 15th, and it's Tunny time. No sleep till! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Three Man Weave. My name is PC Tunney. It's been a short minute, but I am back right now to give you a rundown on the sporting world in general. Shout out to my brothers in sports and podcasting, Christopher Platt and Ray Cash. They should be back at you on these very airwaves for this very show very, very soon. In addition, I just want to do some other housekeeping real quick. Pod is War is still a show, folks. We've just run into some scheduling difficulties. People have been busy. A lot of things going on in the world right now. But I can guarantee you there will be a pot is war next week. Back in full effect. The the aforementioned Christopher Platt and always Andrew Snowflake Balaz. And you can find that all at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Before we get going, folks, why don't you click on your internet browser while you're listening to this, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing when you head out to your local indie wrestling shows. I know they're still having them. Limited fanship there, but they're trying to be safe. I know that's what they're doing around here. So make yourself the darling, the bell of the indie ball with a brand new Chair Shot t-shirt. Everybody will be wondering, where'd you get that? All right, folks, we're going to run it down for you. We're going to talk about some breaking COVID news in the NFL and NCAA football. We're going to hit the topic that everybody has been talking about since the brand new Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA champion. The brand new champion Los Angeles Lakers, I should say. LeBron or Jordan? If you've listened to this show before and you listened to our coverage back during the summer of the Michael Jordan documentary, there's trust me you know which side i'm leaning on but i'm going to give you a few things on lebron that could possibly make him the greatest most talented basketball player of all time maybe not the best we'll get into that mlb we are in the championship series national league that one is really tight right now the american league looks like houston has some digging to do we're going to get into that we're going to talk about the nfl in week six coming up And I want to hit on somebody that might have made their claim to being the best of all time in their sport. Let's get to it, folks. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head okay so let's start off with ncaa football florida and lsu that game uh, i believe a top 20 matchup four versus 17 i know florida's way up there that's postponed we got positive covid testing there i believe that one's going to be in yes that one's going to be moved to november at some point here i'm trying to find where i wrote this date down but i can't actually find it right now it's really interesting because i said before nfl ncaa 
there's so many more players. There's so many more teams than what the NBA did, and they went into a bubble. And they're saying it's just not possible for the NFL to go into this bubble. The other big news from the NCAA that I actually want to get into a little bit here is Nick Saban, the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, has tested positive. Now, here's a little rule on coaching in the NCAA. The officials take over control at the football stadium 90 minutes before the game. And their control of the game is done when the clock is over and the game is considered final. Now, a coach with a positive COVID test can have no... Well, he, he can't go with them to the game, right? He, he's not going to be there. He's not going to be in the stands. He's not going to be in the press box. And a coach that's not on the field or in the press box can have zero communication during that window when the referees are in charge, okay? So once it goes 90 minutes before the game, Nick Saban, all-time greatest college football coach, will have zero communication with his staff. That's going to drive him nuts. I see some guys saying, during this game, we, we need to have Saban cam. Uh, let's find Nick. Uh, just panning the, the crowd to see if he's up there giving, giving uh, you know, signals somewhere have a have a camera on him at home so that he's not texting or calling or zooming it's really interesting that he can't have communication there but i can see it from having outside sources outside mediums available to you although i would assume with wi-fi and stadiums you could have all that available to yourself in the press box so it doesn't make a ton of sense to me do i see alabama losing to georgia maybe maybe Georgia's a team that's given them problems in the past. Georgia's a team that's had a lead, I believe, two out of the last four times in the second half uh, against them. Kirby Smart is is a smart guy. Pun intended. This is a Saban disciple that knows this team, right? This is a huge game. It's an interesting year, though, where we're not playing all these games that we usually would, especially between conferences, right? Those, those big matchups we'd see where we'd get the SEC powerhouse team versus the Pac-12 power team before we get into the conference schedule. We'd get the Big Ten power team against the ACC power team before the Big Ten, uh, before the, the conference schedule would start. And we could actually kind of measuring stick the conferences against each other by these interconference matchups. We don't have any of that this year. We just have conference games. There might be one out-of-conference game on, on some of these team schedules, but that's not enough of an indicator, a smell test, to give you an idea of which conference is better right i mean if you had let's take the sec and the big 10 and there had been six matchups of those interconference and you'd see the sec won five of them you'd say well unless it was all the top half of the sec beating up on the lower half of the big 10 you'd have to say for a smell test the eye test having seen those interconference games and having enough of a size of like sample to use that the sec would be better we don't have any of that this year. This year's going to be a true smell test. You're not going to really have a sample size to go after. You might end up seeing a two-loss team. You might end up, you're probably going to end up seeing a one-loss team. I don't know. It's really interesting. Next week, we're getting Big Ten football back, right? Next weekend, Big Ten's back. It's really interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, some big games this weekend. Like I said, Alabama, Georgia. Check that out. Uh, where's Waldo? Where's Saban? 90 minutes before the game till the whistle blows the game final. No communication. Boy, that's going to be the longest four and a half hours of his life. The amount of control that that man has. The amount of things that he has his finger on considering that team. The important role that he plays probably during a game. Right? I mean, halftime adjustments. In-game adjustments. Moment-to-moment feeling how the game is going moment to moment feeling the momentum switch back and forth it's going to be a long a long evening for nick saban to say the least if i had to go out on a limb and pick this game here i would still say alabama pulls it off they're minus four i'd take the over as well 56 and a half not them a betting man anymore so it should be interesting to see how many more times we're going to get games pushed back because college football has the ability with multiple weeks off right uh, time in between the end of their season and when they're going to actually do the college football playoff now let's swing it over to the nfl side atlanta falcons positive test facility shut down game still expected to be played this sunday 
they go to Minnesota. I would imagine barring no more positive tests, this shouldn't be that big of a deal because you're going to send everybody but the one positive test to Minnesota where they haven't had any problems, and it should be like the rest of these games. Football, you can't do a bubble. It's not possible. There's too many teams. Look, at the NBA didn't even bring all their teams into the bubble. And an NBA roster size is a fifth of the size of an NBA uh, of, of an NFL roster. NFL has five times the amount of people on one team. One NFL team equals one NBA team. Uh, five NBA teams, I should say. This is why you should never do math on the air. <laughs> Maybe a playoff bubble. I don't know. The problem, I've said this before, is, you know, the NBA, they did it the best. They were able to do it the best. They were able to put in a bubble. They were able to keep all these people in one spot, continue to test them, allow nobody in or out. Or when they did allow people in, thorough testing coming in while people exited, maintaining that maximum capacity, which ended up shrinking as they would eliminate teams from the bubble, right? Allowed to bring some family in. But the NFL, they can't do it for the regular season. So the interesting thing is, we have the idea being floated out there about an 18th week where all these games we couldn't get in, hopefully it's not more than one for any team, would play that last game, that last week after week 17, push the playoffs back, and finish everything up. I personally think it might take more than just one extra week. Now here's the thing. They could keep everything as scheduled, push back the wild card, divisional, and conference playoff rounds, and skip the week in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Which I don't think the bye week... That, that, that whole two-week gap between the conference championships and the Super Bowl is such... It's such a letdown for NFL fans. Here you've been going now. 17, 18, 19, 20 weeks in a row with meaningful NFL football games. And just when you've gotten to the end of this story, you've read a chapter a week... For 20 weeks, you have one chapter left. And now I tell you, well, change your habits. Wait an extra week. I I'm totally for them getting rid of that week. But this year, it's going to serve them well because they wouldn't have to move the Super Bowl. Now, I know they have the room with where they're having the Super Bowl that they could also play that the following week. So look it, there's two, there's two weeks of leeway for the NFL as far as completing a full 16-game schedule for every every team and having the playoffs as usual. Now don't, now, don't forget, there's an extra team making the playoffs on each side this year in the NFL. Only the top seed in each conference is going to get that bye, which, which I love that. That's fine with me, right? I, I mean, I think they should get that bye because it's not going to prove to be rust. It's going to prove to be a nice week off after a long stretch of games especially for some of these teams like the Steelers and the Packers that look like they're going to make the playoffs that have already had their bye. I believe Seattle's on their bye this week as well. So that's a lot of weeks in a row, a lot of games in a row, especially when you tack on two, three more winning playoff games. But I still think we should get this all rolling through. Once things go back to normal, let's get rid of that extra week in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. The only way I'm for that, there's only one way I'm for that, and DP's probably out there going, this is my idea. I've been saying this forever. DP, you have been saying it forever, and so has everybody else. You want to keep your extra week in there to get some more promotion, to more advertising, to have that whole 10-day lead-up wherever they're having that for fanfare and things of that nature, press roll, media day. Here's what you do. You have the Super Bowl on Saturday, damn it. Everybody's sick of having to take a day off of work to go by their friends' houses and watch the Super Bowl so that they can have a good time when we can all do the same thing the night before and not have to get up the next day. Anyway, I digress. That's a less important point. Just trying to explain to you what the ramifications are. I mean, look at teams like the Steelers who kind of lost their bye week. They didn't know until Friday that they weren't going to play the week they were off. They basically lost a whole week off, right? Right? It, it just sucks because this isn't going to be fair. This isn't going to be this isn't going to be done by the NFL to finish this season. Their number one priority isn't going to be to make it fair to everyone. It's going to be to finish the season. It's going to be to make it fair to their pocketbook, to their advertisers, to the fans that all want to see 16 games, right? 
it's an interesting dynamic. I, I'm not harping on the NFL for not getting a bubble. I get how vast it is and everything like that. And like I've said before, you look at Major League Baseball, there's no really bubble there. Now they're doing it in the playoffs. But you have less guys from Major League Baseball, and they were playing every day. You're a lot less likely to be going out and doing more things when every day you're getting up and getting prepared and going to a game. You're in much more of a routine. It's a lot easier, in my opinion, for a baseball player who has to play 6 to 13 days in a row. Sometimes you get one day off a week. Sometimes you get one day off every two weeks, right? 6 to 13 days in a row consecutively to kind of self-bubble, to know that I'm not going to put myself in these kind of situations. Whereas in the NFL... You're going to have six, maybe seven, maybe ten. Maybe you're on a bye week. you got 14 days before you got to work again. Granted, I understand. The practice and the self-preservation and the self-motivation and the self-study and the ability to keep yourself into unbelievably professional athlete shape is much more of a job than the actual game. And these guys will tell it to you themselves. They don't get paid to play the game. They love the game. That's why they're playing it. They continue to play it, some of them maybe because of the money. But they're getting paid to keep themselves fit, keep themselves ready. And for an NFL player, you're going to have more days off, more time away from the team, more ability, and more time to think to yourself, well, maybe I'm going to go here. I'm not going to see that. I don't play till the following week, right? It's an interesting dynamic. I'm not out here bagging on the NFL saying they should have done a better job. There's a lot of teams who haven't had any positive tests. But don't think this is going to be the last one. Don't think that that we might not be pushing the Super Bowl back or moving the playoff schedule back or even adding two weeks into the season. Just my opinion here on the NFL. Let's get to something that a lot of people were arguing about right at the end, the fruition of said NBA bubble that we've kind of brought up here. We'll be right back, folks. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Oh, you gotta have your... You gotta have your teaspoon of Tesh during tunny time. Platt tells the story the best about that uh, that actually being made up where Tesh plays back his <laughs> plays, plays, plays back his answering machine to where he came up with the idea and I think he called his own answering machine so he wouldn't forget it. Very a great story. Platt tells it best. Maybe we'll get it out of him next week. The NBA bubble is complete. Zero positive tests. Cheers to the NBA. Like 100%. Way to go. That's awesome. They did a great, great job. The amount of people that were inside of that bubble, the ability that they had to, as teams exited, they would bring some family in for these guys. That's a long time. 92 or 93 days, the Lakers and the Heat were inside of a bubble. Granted, I I get it. I get it. There's a lot of people that would pay a lot of money to be able to live in that kind of bubble that they were in for the rest of their lives. But no family for a while. These guys are still working, right? Let's talk about the basketball side of it. The asterisk on the title. No, not at all. There's not an asterisk saying that this is doesn't count as much because of the abbreviation. They played over 70 games. They played a full playoff. Well, they didn't have to travel. Well, they didn't have to. They couldn't. <laughs> I guarantee if you ask these guys in this bubble whether or not they would rather do this for an NBA playoffs or be able to travel around and go to different cities and have to travel, I guarantee you they go back to the old way. That being said, there's not going to be an asterisk on the other side. Well, this is a lot harder because of the mental thing that they went through and the they didn't have their family and all that. No, no. This is just a championship. It doesn't mean any more or any less than any other NBA championship in my opinion. Just like the strike-shortened season of 1999. They got 50 regular season playoff games. Every team knew coming in it was going to be 50 regular season playoff games. Spurs beat the Knicks. That's a 100% legitimate championship. Just as much as the 40 or 50 that came before it, in my opinion. And the 20 or so that came after. 
Let's talk about LeBron James. That's four NBA titles. That's four NBA Finals MVPs. Now, is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan? No. Is it close? No. Not in my opinion. Michael Jordan is, and until someone wins six out of six NBA Finals appearances, is the Finals MVP in every one of those championships, and has a career that's better than Michael Jordan's in the NBA? No. Not happening. Michael Jordan never lost. Michael Jordan never went to a finals and wasn't the best player. You can't say that for LeBron James. Because I'm not going to just sit here and say, okay, it's 6-4 to four, until he gets to 6. You know, I kind of just said that. But, but let's, let's look at it this way. LeBron James has gone to finals and lost and not been the best player out there. And I'm not saying like we're looking at a small sample size. Like it was four and four, right? Like if it was four to four, you could be like, well, he went to more though. He still won. He still didn't lose any, right? But it's six. It's six times. So I guess I am saying that. Six to four. Call me when he gets to six. Winning is the only thing that matters. Now, who's the greatest bat? The greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Who's the most talented basketball player of all time? I don't know. That, that see, I've seen, I've heard this said different ways, where you can still have Michael Jordan as your greatest basketball player of all time, but LeBron is the most talented or the best. So Jordan's the greatest, and LeBron is the best. I don't. What? Where's the? Don't those mean the same thing? Like, some people will go, well, LeBron's better than Jordan, but Jordan's greater, and that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess this argument for me is a lot shorter than I thought. Now, granted, I believe there's only three people that have ever had four MVPs and four finals MVPs. And that's Russell, Jordan, and LeBron. Jordan and Shaq are the only one to win three finals MVPs in a row. Jordan did it twice. I, I tell you, here's a better question. Is LeBron now the second best player of all time? Because your argument, let's, you know, I would say there's a large majority. And when I say that, I mean more than 66.7% of people that are knowledgeable basketball fans. In their minds, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. And, and it's not close, right? But who's second? Let's take Jordan out of it. Is it Magic? Is it Kobe? Is it Russell? Or is it LeBron? Because I don't know that you can put anybody else in that top five behind Jordan. LeBron, Magic, Russell, Kobe, maybe Jabbar. Maybe Jabbar. Look at all the Lakers in this list, man. Not to mention they won their 17th NBA title. Kudos to the Lakers. They caught, they caught the Boston Celtics. They each have 17 titles. Now you know why it's such a huge rivalry. Jerry West is the only guy who ever won the NBA Finals MVP on the losing team. I'll put it to you this way. Here's my top five all time. Jordan. LeBron. I, I just moved LeBron because of this win ahead of my three spot, and that's Magic. LeBron. Magic. I got to go Russell four, guys. I gotta. I know he didn't play against anybody, but I gotta. Jordan, LeBron, Magic, Russell. And five's tough for me. Five's tough for me. Kobe, Kareem, Bird, Duncan. You can make arguments for any of those guys. With all that being said, congratulations to the NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Congratulations to LeBron James. The only thing I didn't like is he gets up there and he goes... I want my damn respect. My brother, you got your respect. I respect the hell out of you. And I think a lot of people respect the hell out of you. We're talking about having a conversation of who's better, you or Michael Jordan. To me, I can't give you any more respect than that. I hope he knows that. I think he knows that. Kudos to Anthony Davis. It looks like the Lakers are going to win this thing again next year. Unless... I mean, Daryl Morey has been let go, uh, steps down as the GM for the Houston Rockets. 
you got turmoil there. The Clippers, who expected to make it to the NBA Finals, doesn't seem like everybody on that team likes each other. They're going to have a new coach. You got turmoil there. You go to the Eastern Conference side, disappointment for the Bucks. Giannis, will he stay or will he go? You got turmoil there. The Celtics are going to be a very good team again next year. The Heat are going to be an even better team next year because the young guys on that team that stepped up in the playoffs for them, they're going to only be better. Bam, Butler, a young Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Maybe they maybe they pick up a better free couple free agents this year, get somebody in the draft that is, plays way out of their league from where they were drafted, just like Tyler Hero. Congrats to Tyler Hero and his snarl. Then he got run over by LeBron. But the most interesting thing to me in the Eastern Conference, the Nets. The Nets. They hire Steve Nash. No problems with that. Steve Nash is one of the most knowledgeable basketball guys of all time. Two-time MVP. One of the best point guards in NBA history. I have no doubt that he'll do a good job coaching them. But coaching Kyrie Irving is going to be a different animal. Especially for your first head coaching job ever, I believe. How good is Kevin Durant going to be this year? Is 85% of Kevin Durant from the best he ever was good enough for the Nets to not only get out of the Eastern Conference where you have Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But to beat a possible... Laker team that's going for a repeat or a revamped Clippers team I, I don't know does it look like the all the power shifting to the east we always talked about how they were so top heavy in the west well look at how top heavy they are in the east now Kyrie KD you got Nash as your coach I'm not even talking about Allen or Levert or the other guys they have on this bench in New Jersey they're going to be a good team they're going to be a good team I'm looking forward to another great NBA season next year Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. I just want to bring that in because the interesting thing going forward here is when is when is NHL and NBA going to come back? How long are their seasons going to go into next year? Middle of June, NBA and NHL is over. That's how it's always been. It took them till October, guys. So it should be interesting to see how we're going to have that move forward. What becomes the new normal? Kind of like golf. They moved majors around and then all of a sudden they had to cancel everything. I mean, we're a month away from the Masters. That's right, the Masters. The gem of early April. Hello, friends. November. Things are weird right now. So to end this topic right now, congratulations, Los Angeles Lakers, not only on your championship, your 17th championship as well. Congratulations, LeBron James. You're officially number two on my all-time list of NBA players. Sports, 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 sports. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I want to briefly get into Major League Baseball here. The Yankees are out, and I can tell you the networks aren't thrilled about that because it looked for a little bit there. We could possibly have the New York-LA World Series, which would have brought all the media attention and tons of ratings, right? Now we could be looking at Tampa Bay versus Atlanta, and oh boy, oh boy. Not only is this Tampa Bay team really, really good, but they got pretty good pitching, and they win some boring games. Now, granted, hockey and baseball are much the same to me in this way. The level of fan 
the, the level of fan appreciation and the level of the product that's put out is so much more appreciable. You're a lot more able to, as a fan, to appreciate playoff hockey and playoff baseball. Playoff hockey because it's quicker, it's cleaner, it's faster. Right? There's a lot more skill. There's a lot more open play. You, you really don't want to go on these power plays. You know, losing one out of 82 games in the regular season because you got a couple power plays and you're being aggressive, not a big deal. Losing a game in the playoffs when you're down 2-1 to one or 1-0 one to nothing already because you have a few power plays, not a great thing. Back to baseball. When you watch baseball and you are truly rooting for a team, that game is never over until it's actually over. And how cliche is that, though? But it's true. Untimed sport. You could be down 9 to nothing in the bottom of the ninth with nobody on base, two outs, no balls, and two strikes, and you can still come back and win that game. Is it done a lot? No. A lot of these things like that aren't done a lot. But it can happen. It's never over till it's over. How many times have you watched a playoff game and a team's winning the whole game, but all of a sudden in the 8th or ninth inning they get a lead, and all of a sudden they're just hanging on for dear life? You, the tension is palpable in, an, uh, in a Major League Baseball playoff game. I think Tampa's going to win it all. I think they've done a great job there with the talent they've acquired, the way they go with their pitching staff, and once in a while they, they, they just run out a, a opener, not a starter, an opener, because he's, he's not going to finish the game. He just starts the game. He just opens the game. He throws two innings. They kind of have a bullpen game. They got great pitching. They got great hitting. How about a Rosarino? The guy's having one of the greatest playoffs of all time. Now, Houston came back and won last night. I think the, the thing about Houston that I don't like is they, they should have – they had this chip on their shoulder that because they got caught cheating that they thought nobody thought that they were good. We always knew you were good. You guys are all really good. You guys have won a lot of games for a lot of years. But you cheated to win your championship and we found out about it. So you didn't have to be bitches about it. Nobody's rooting for Houston. I give Dusty Baker a lot of credit for coming in there and getting this team into the playoffs, getting this team to the American League Championship Series. Like I said, it's baseball. It ain't over till it's over. But I would see Tampa Bay moving on with this series today, getting the W, staking their claim to going to the World Series today. Now, on the other hand, you got Atlanta coming out being real hot, winning the first two games of their series against the Dodgers. And then the Dodgers come back and put up 11 runs in the top of the first in Game 3. Whole new series. I do believe Clayton Kershaw is back from his back problem, and he will be pitching tonight. That is, I, I'm officially confirming that myself right now, <laughs> checking my notes. I know playoff Kershaw hasn't been great, but he's played pretty well this year. If you haven't, if you're not a fan of baseball and you don't watch baseball, but you have time over the next couple days or the next week, even when the World Series starts, make some time. Find a night or an afternoon. Grab your beverages, grab your snacks. Watch a playoff baseball game. I think you'll like it. All right, we got one more topic and then a quick here to get out of here. But before we do that, I got to tell you all about Angry Lemonade. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Another sports fan, huh? If you are not a sports fan, head on over to thechairshot.com. Not only do we have sports, not only do we have entertainment, but of course, it's a sports entertainment. It's a wrestling website, folks. I guarantee you, Bandwagon Nerds, Greg DeMarco Show, which is now Chairshot Radio, Hashtag Miranda Show, we got Badlands, there's whole Outsider's Edge, uh, a winner is you. Boy, if there's something there for everybody, folks. Thechairshot.com, Chairshot Radio Network wrestling news wrestling opinions 
wrestling podcasts, entertainment podcasts, sports podcasts. It's all under one umbrella, thechairshot.com, and head on over to Twitter and follow everything thechairshot.com at Chairshot Media. Alright folks, we already talked about the situation going on with the Atlanta Falcons and COVID. And this is going to be your non-COVID NFL talk. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about injuries. I know Cam Newton's coming back here. He's He was missed a game uh, on the COVID list, on the COVID IR. And it looks like he will be back this week. So one of the first players to return from COVID protocol, or higher, higher uh, you know, uh, profile players, if you will, quarterback, skill position, etc., etc. Let's run down these games this week. I am going to make my pre-picks. So no, you can't hold me to any of these, okay? My official NFL picks are up every week at PC Tunney right there on the Twitter. You can find them every Sunday before the games kick off. I'll give you three locks every week. Five weeks, 15 locks. I believe I'm 10 and 5 on the locks. 10 and 5 or 9 and 6. It was 3 and 0 last week. 3 and 0 last week on the locks, folks. Come on now. Lock it down. Take it to your man. Don't bet more than you can. But let's make those Christmas presents for the kids a little nicer, okay? I gave you the Cardinals, I gave you the Ravens, and I gave you the Rams. I'm pretty sure they were all big, big winners in covering the spread last week. Let's run down the games this week. Chicago at Carolina. Chicago, man, everybody's waiting for the clock to turn midnight, right? When, when, will, the, when will the carriage turn back into a pumpkin? Trubisky has this big comeback. Then he sucks like he always sucks. And Foles comes in. And Foles ain't that great. And their running back is hurt. Tariq Cohen. But they got good receivers. They got one of the better receivers. Allen Robinson is excellent. Jimmy Graham is having a great year in the red zone. And that defense. That Bears defense. They've always had a good defense. But they got a really good defense this year. I still, I'm going to keep picking against them. The Bears are going to go like 14-2 and two because I pick against them every week, right? Carolina's a very good team. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, they've been moving that ball without Christian McCaffrey back there, and kudos to Mike Davis for doing a great job. Carolina minus one and a half. I'll lay the points at home. Give me Carolina. Indianapolis against Cincinnati. I, I see Indy winning this game. I thought Indy was going to be better than they were. I don't think I still I didn't think coming into the season Philip Rivers was the answer for them, and I still don't. I think the ceiling for Philip Rivers as the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback is maybe a first round playoff win, maybe one playoff win, maybe. Joe Burrow's young, he's still learning. You can't expect much from them this year. He is playing well. He does have talent around him. But that team is still trying to get better. Give me the Colts laying eight at home. Jacksonville hosting Detroit. The Jaguars and the, and, and the Lions have both been tricky teams this year. The Jaguars, we thought they wouldn't win any games. And, and they come out and they win that game. Uh, who, who did they beat? Oh, my goodness. Against the Colts the first week, and they haven't won since then. So they've kind of been proving it to you, right? Gardner Minshew, I don't know. Then you got the Lions with the same thing. They give, up the, they give up the comeback win to the Bears. They go and beat the Cardinals, who everybody thought was going to be really good. And then they give the comeback up again against the Saints. The Lions are one of the worst second-half teams in the history of football and continue to be cursed to this day. My suggestion to you is don't bet on this game. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you a pick until I have to Sunday morning. Atlanta at Minnesota, the affected game. I don't know who the positive test is for Atlanta. Does it really matter? They're talking about trading Matt Ryan. They're, they're pretty much cashing in their chips. I see Minnesota winning big at home, even without Dalvin Cook. A 1-4 Minnesota team. I think that's one of the most surprising things of this NFL season is that the Minnesota Vikings are 1-4 right now. Now, Madison and Boone will fill in fine for Cook. Cousins will throw some touchdowns. They will beat the Atlanta Falcons, and they will cover the four points. Here's a fun game to watch. The Washington football team at the New York Giants. Next. Baltimore at Philly. 
Carson Wentz has been playing better. That horrible NFC East division is always up for grabs. Philly at home, getting 7.5 from Baltimore. This is still a Baltimore win for me. I don't know. 7.5 is a tricky number. Philly can play like one of the best five teams in football, and Philly can also play like one of the worst five teams in football. Now, granted, I understand that they're banged up at the wide receiver position. I believe they've lost some people on offensive line. Ah, hell with it. I'd take Baltimore to cover here again. Baltimore's been looking good. They've looked good against everybody except for Kansas City. Here's a possible game of the week. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, too. No, no. People have been talking about that this week. Mason, Mason Rudolph is on the bench. This is, will not even be visited on the field, in my opinion. This is going to be a close game. And, and how about Miles Garrett? I didn't think that he deserved as big a contract as he did when he got it recently. But after Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack, who's the next best defender in the league? This guy makes plays. And this guy actually makes Cleveland a legitimate playoff team, in my opinion. Now, Let's go over to the other side of the ball. Mike Tomlin has his weapons this year. Granted, I understand James Conner has an injury here or there, but they still have a few other guys at running back. They got guys at receiver now. I know they had, uh, I believe Johnson was out, but when you got Big Ben back there, you always got a chance. And Mike Tomlin is probably one of the top 10 NFL coaches in the last 25 years. Give me Pittsburgh at home, minus three and a half. Houston at Tennessee, this this one seemed pretty self-explanatory. Houston's been horrible. Why did they trade DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, they, they should have just fired Bill O'Brien. I, that's Hindsight's twenty twenty, right, folks? Armchair quarterback here, but ugh, that coach and GM position just doesn't work anymore. When's the last time it worked? Tennessee looks really good. Ryan Tannehill looks like the guy who just needed the right coach, the right system. He's been excellent. I believe they're, what are they, 14-2 and two since he's taken over? Something like that. Tennessee easily covering three at home against Houston. Denver, New England. It's too bad that Locke couldn't stay healthy for Denver along with Sutton and Von Miller because I thought Denver was going to have a rebound here. And they just, the injuries are killing them. I I see the Patriots winning, covering 10. I don't know. Denver's a tricky football team with some talented players. And that's every team in the NFL. That's every team in the NFL. Except for maybe the New York Jets. They they just don't seem to want to have good players on their team. And they want to seem to have a really horrible football coach. Maybe they've already got it in their mind that they're bringing Dabo and the QB from Clemson in, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe they want that number one pick. Maybe the best way to solidify losing every game this year is to have Adam Gase as your football coach. Some people would say that, including Mike Greenberg. Longtime Jets fan, right? Host to get up. Love that show. Miami minus nine and a half. And Miami's not that Miami's not a bad team, but Miami's not that good of a team. It just shows you how bad the Jets are. I, I would say Miami covers this easily. Miami's been playing really well. Look at what Miami's done over the last couple weeks. They mollywopped the Niners. Now, I get it. The Niners are depleted. A lot of injuries on the 49ers. But they gave Seattle a game. They took care of the Jaguars easily. They gave the Bills and the Patriots a game. This is not a bad Miami football team. I'm really interested to see if Tua plays this year and how good that kid's going to be moving forward. Because remember him in college. Went healthy. Phenomenal. The other possible game of the week. For only the third time ever, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. How many times over the last 10, 12 years have the pundits picked the Super Bowl to be Rodgers versus Brady? We never get it. We've come close a couple times. We've come close a couple times. But the third ever matchup between Rodgers and Brady. I, Tampa, I, Tampa's a team I did not pick the, to make the playoffs this year. Now, I know Brady's getting more comfortable, and they have a solid defense, but they've had injuries as well. I don't think they have a running game that actually lean on to become a team that can keep that defense off the field more often than not. And when you talk about the Packers, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and that offensive line have been kicking people's ass. 
Everybody's talking about the great season Rodgers is having. Well, it's really hard to stop Rodgers when you have to put eight guys in the box once Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams get rolling. Looks like Devontae Adams could be back after a a very frustrating hamstring. If that guy goes out, though, they'd be in trouble. I mean, if he's anywhere not near 100%, if he's not 95% or better, he's not playing for me. I'll take the pack on the road. Sunday night, Rams-Niners. Rams Rams is a team that I said this year was going to be back and better. I thought they had the Super Bowl hangover. The Niners have it this year. I didn't. I told. I said the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Now these injuries are really making that look like more and more so from week to week. Would the 49ers be two and three with all these injuries? I doubt it. But let's look at what the Rams have done this year. Their only losses to a very good Buffalo Bills team, and that's on the road, and that's going from the West Coast to the East Coast. We know those cross-coast road games are even harder than the ones inside your division, or even if you're just traveling from the Midwest to the West, or the West to the South, etc., etc. I I like the Rams this year, and I definitely think they're going to cover the three and a half points they're given on the road. Monday night, we're going to have two games. That Casey-Buffalo game that was supposed to happen tonight got moved to Monday afternoon. 5 o'clock Eastern on Fox, doubleheader Monday night. Casey at Buffalo. And that's because the Buffalo game got moved last week from Sunday to Tuesday, I believe. So you're not going to have a team play two days later in the NFL. Not even in college or high school. That's just the way football works. Kansas City-Buffalo. It's really interesting because the Bills are coming off of a game against Tennessee where people thought, yeah, whoever wins this game you're going to think is better, but did you really expect the Titans to beat the Bills 42-16? to They made the Bills look bad. They made the Bills look like a paper 4-0. They really did. I think Buffalo gives Kansas City everything they can handle. But Kansas City will pull this one out. Arizona-Dallas, not interested. Dallas wasn't good with Dak Prescott. They ain't going to be any better with Andy Dalton back there. Look for Arizona to get another victory. Move themselves to 4-2. That's what we got coming up on the NFL this week, folks. Should be a very interesting week. I know a lot of people have had a tough time with fantasy football. One suggestion I can make is if you have an at-risk game, have your commissioner deem it an at-risk game, okay? Because this is what we've done in a couple leagues of mine. And you have, before all the games start, you have, like I had Josh Allen last week, and we didn't know if that game was going to go off on Tuesday. Well, come Sunday morning at noon, half the guys are gone. So I went in, and I had the ability to say, I have Josh Allen Tuesday. If that game doesn't happen, I get Teddy Bridgewater's points or Carson Wentz points. I forget which one I had the backup in that league. The game played, so I got Josh Allen. It's not like you get to choose. It's just if you know there's an at-risk game, you go ahead and see. Make it easier on your league. Make it a little more fair. That way guys ain't getting screwed over. That, that's just a, that's a little more you know moment for fantasy football. So I'm looking forward to that Packers, Buccaneers. You got the Steelers-Browns game. Uh, great weekend, week six NFL football. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, folks, last thing I want to talk about here, Rafa Nadal, 20th major, winning the French Open. Do you realize that in 15 years at the French Open, Rafa Nadal, in his matches in 15 years at the French Open, has 100 victories and two losses? I'm going to say that again because a lot of you people maybe think that I read my notes wrong or I I missaid something. In 15 years at the French Open, Rafa Nadal is 102. He has a record of 100 wins and two losses. That's insane. The guy's won 13 French Opens. He's won 20 major titles. He's tied with Roger Federer. It's really interesting because as far as men's tennis goes, we may have witnessed probably the the best last, I don't know, 20 years. The end of the careers of Agassi and Sampras leading right into Federer, Nadal, Andy Murray. How about the unfortunate circumstance of Andy Murray being able to only win two majors, I believe, because not only did you have Nadal and Federer, but you also had Djokovic. It's insane. We've, we've probably watched one of the best eras in men's tennis history, and it's coming to an end. Federer, Nadal, 
Even Djokovic is getting up there. Murray's pretty much done. A couple injuries. I know he's come back and played a little bit, but he's not what he used to be. Congratulations, Rafa Nadal. In my opinion, the greatest men's tennis player of all time. 102 at the French Open. That's insane. Folks, my name is PC Tunney. You can follow this show at 3 underscore man weave. Shout out to my boys Chris Platt and Ray Cash. You can follow me at PC Tunney. Make sure you go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get yourself a nice chair shot t-shirt. Head over to thechairshot.com. Follow us at Chairshot Media. And when you go to thechairshot.com, folks, I give you the tunny time guarantee. You will find something. Sports, entertainment, or sports entertainment that suits your fancy. All right, folks. All I do is win, and I got game. We'll see you next time. PC Tunny.